everyone, and welcome to another episode of James Talks. Really pleased to be with you today. Uh, today we've got an extra special guest, and this is going to be a real treat for you guys. He is a blogger, podcaster, an author, and an encourager, and a good friend of ours. And so, <laughs> welcome your host, James Prescott. Woo! Hello. Hi, James. Welcome. Hi. It's great to be on your podcast. podcast. Ah, it's great to be on back on my podcast. Yeah. Oh man. So this is actually a special birthday episode of James Talks because it is James's birthday, and woohoo! It's James Talks. James Talks' birthday. It's James Talks' birthday, not my birthday. It's the it's the anniversary. Of the podcast? Yes. Yes. Gosh, I thought it was your birthday. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't do that on my birthday, no. Okay. We have another birthday episode coming later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally, okay, where there will be cake. Yes, I'm totally we will you already, while yeah. we record that one. Um, so, we are chasing lovely. Um, We've been on two previous episodes of James Talk. So, Chloe and Taylor here. Hello, the, wolf, we are the, wolf, the Wolfies, yeah, the Wolfies. For the day. Yep. So, thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, we are going to get started. Alright, so since this is the um, birthday episode, we thought we would start off with a question about what is your favorite birthday memory? My favorite birthday memory? Wow. Yes. My favorite birthday memory? Goodness gracious me. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm rubbish at remembering things. Wow. Totally I you know, you know like I well actually I didn't do any preparation for this. Like in terms of like I did I didn't know what you were gonna ask. Actually, listeners, I didn't know they've got this whole like sheets of paper with questions for me. I didn't think they were gonna be this prepared for this. Like so a novel, a like, novel I'm, I've been questions. I'm being caught caught cold here, so I'm just trying to and I'm just delaying what I'm thinking of an answer. But um well, okay. I mean, it's difficult to remember. I've had I've had quite a lot of birthdays because I'm not like a teenager anymore or in my twenties. <laughs> um, I'm over twenty-one, so um, um, I'm over twenty-nine actually. Um, so um, <laughs> uh, I, t- like, I think actually, to be honest, I had a really this year was a really great birthday because we um, we went to. Um, St Paul's Cathedral, which was awesome in London. Oh. It's so wow. yeah, you should go there. It's unbelievable. The architecture I, and the story there. and the like um oh it was so good. I went there with my then girlfriend and my dad, uh, and then met at a rooftop bar looking out over London. Oh, Had drinks and stuff. Like a really classy bar looking out of London. Then went to Ch- then, <laughs> then went to Chinatown and had a lovely Chinese meal. And that was that was one of the best birthdays I've had, actually. It really one of the ones I remember. I will remember the you know, because I don't know, I just it was just a really, really lovely day all round, you know? Um and I got some lovely presents and some nice cards and and I was just with people that I loved, you know. So that way, I guess that's my my favorite birthday memory. Um, yeah. All right. So, and this is yeah. also since this is the anniversary, one year anniversary podcast. What has been um, 
maybe one of like the funniest moments or one of your favorite moments um, doing the podcast so far? One of my, one of my favorite moments doing the podcast. Um, oh, there's so many. I think one of the... Okay, the first one, I had Rob Bell on like uh, in March. Yeah. And like um, before we started the recording, um, we were just talking on Skype, you know, as you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> I, um, but he recognised me. I saw him last year at a, con- uh, sorry, last year, twenty fifteen. I saw him mm-hmm. in London, and talked to him afterwards and everything and uh, whatever. And then he like and and I thought well, I won't ask him about that because he'll have forgotten because he meets thousands of people. So there's no way yeah. he's going to remember me of all people. So, but then I, but I, you know, did the call and he's like, "I know you, don't I?" It's like I saw you in London last year. It's like, uh, yeah, actually, is it? You know, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, actually, one of the best moments in the podcast is when I got an email from Rob Bell saying, oh, but "I'm going to be on your." I'd like to be on your podcast. That was kind of a cool moment. Um, well, that wasn't actually recording a podcast, but um, yeah, I, I've loved doing all the interviews because you just get to know these people, and some, with some of them, you get like mm-hmm. you build like real good connections with people. It's just you feel like you're really connecting with them as people, um, and yeah. you're having like it's not work anymore. It's not like. You know, it's just a fun conversation that you have. You know, I've lo- I, I'm going to say I'm going to embarrass you, but the, I've loved the ones with you because of that. Because they've just been like fun conversations with friends and stuff. Um, you know, so it's difficult to have one favorite. I haven't got one favorite guest. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, even if I did, I wouldn't say so. Um, but because I love all the people. <laughs> oh, nobody's going to come back. Be like, how was your favorite? Bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The Rob Bell one was pretty epic. I mean, when you told us that you were doing that, I was like, we were so excited for you. I was so excited for you. And if any of you guys listening are interested in listening to that podcast, that is actually episode 36. So definitely go um, and check that one out. It is my most listened to episode. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So so how are you finding interviews? Do, Do you like doing interviews? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Less, I feel like it's less pressure. Oh, because you fell for I, it! You fell I'm for it! Like... <laughs> I started interviewing you, and you fell for it. No. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. We're letting ourselves be interviewed. Well, about being interviewed. See, that was tricky. You interviewed us about what it's like to interview you. Okay, okay. so even delving deeper, we're going to be like all inception on this with more about interviewing. If you could interview one person, dead or alive. Who would you want to interview on your podcast? Oh man, I can't include Jesus in that, can I? Um, you, I mean, you could. Well, yeah, but that's just too easy. Um, <laughs> like, um, wow, goodness. Oh wow. Oh, dear. Oh man, there's so many people. I um. I would love to if two the two people I'd love to interview. Okay. Would, would be I'd love to interview Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. like um and Martin Luther King and John F Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I don't know just uh, just those like, but especially the first two because they were like all about like non-violent revolution and 
you yeah. know, um, they were so progressive and so forward thinking and they brought such big change to their respective countries and yeah, just, I just, yeah, I mean, there's so many people through history that you could, that you could meet. I mean, like, um, there's like people, people of the, I'd love to like interview Paul, like in the Bible or yeah, Paul would be awesome or Peter, you know, um, like there's so many people, um, yeah, wow. Oh, Christopher, Re- oh, Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. He's like my hero. One of my heroes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love him. Um, I yeah, I I yeah, I got quite emotional when he died. He was like my, as a as a kid, he was like my hero as Superman. And then when he when I grew up, he was like, just a hero, just for all the stuff he did after he had his accident and things like that. And yeah, so I always get emotional when I see documentaries about him. And I'd love to interview him about his story. Yeah. So that yeah. Quite an inspirational episode, I can imagine. It would definitely get a lot of listens. I'm sure it might yeah. <laughs> compete for one of your most listened to yeah. <laughs> episodes. Uh, all right. So since this is your this is your first time being interviewed on your own podcast, um, obviously your listeners know a lot about you. Um, but I thought we would go through a bit of like a fun role of things that like random things about you that they might not know um because they wouldn't come up in more serious conversations (laughs) okay so um first off who is your celebrity crush (laughs) oh man that's so tough there's two like okay or three even okay i've got um oh four oh man there's so many I could, like, I could, I love, okay, Jen, I, Jennifer, I love Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I love her so much. Um, yes. Alice Eve Perfection. as well. Um, she's like in Star Trek Into Darkness um, uh-huh. and Before We Go and a few other things. She's an English actress, but she works in Hollywood. She's, uh-huh, okay. she's just like, I just, yeah, the, heaven. Um, um, <laughs> if you guys can see his face right now. But it's her personality. Like, it's not just, I don't like people just for what they look like. You know, I'm not that shy. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and Anna Kendrick. I love Anna Kendrick as well. Um, ah, okay. She's pretty awesome. And if I had a man crush, I don't know if you're going to ask this. If I had a man right. crush, it would, be, it would be Benedict Cumberbatch. Because... <laughs> Come on. He's another one I'd love to interview as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Oh, I saw so him cool. in ha- Hamlet Live last year. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. What an actor he is. Like, and top guy. So, um, but yeah, Jennifer Lawrence probably would be the number one. Take the cake on that one. Yeah. She's just so much, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch um, his TV show on Netflix? Sherlock? Sherlock? D- Do I? That's like my favorite TV show in the whole world. It's like, <laughs> I figured, I figured. I'm like obs- almost. They're not obsessed with it, but I just love it. Yeah, it's just that's my favorite show. Um, yeah, I watch it all the time. I've got the, I've got all the DVDs as well, all of them, even the latest one. Yeah. This is dedication. Wow. Yeah, I got so- serious about. No, serious about. Your it's, man crush. Yep. Okay. It's serious devotion, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, no, it's not quite that. No. Yeah, actually, funny. Actually, this is a really funny, funny story. My one of my one of my fr- one of my best friends was like actually messaged me concerned that I was gay because of <laughs> some of the things I was saying about because because I kept posting about Cumberbatch and it wasn't anything like dodgy or inappropriate. I just like was like expressing admiration for him as an actor and it was like are you gay it's like no <laughs> you know nothing wrong with being gay like, but i'm not gay really you know. right. <laughs> so he's my yeah if i had a man crush that would be it would be him yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh that's great yeah all right so um most embarrassing moment in life let us no, not just podcast life in your whole in entirety, of entire life. Most embarrassing moment. That's, yeah. that's, that's that's acceptable for public consumption. You mean not the ones that? Are, <laughs> it doesn't uh, have to be. <laughs> the, it's your podcast after all. <laughs> the grosser and stranger, <laughs> and not like oh, I tripped once. That's not going to cut it here. We all know we've like done weird. Things in public. I've got I've got a semi serious one, and I'll, I'll think of a funny one while I'm doing this. Oh yeah, actually right. no, I've got a couple. Yeah, I've got a lot of these. Because I yeah no, I've always thought I've always said like if I get married, the harder thing for my best man to do would be to leave out stories rather than like find <laughs> stories to you know because I'm yeah um, I've got a few stories. One like semi one like semi serious one was that I had an epileptic seizure in somebody's <gasps> toilet once, right? So I was in the toilet, like, um, just sitting down and, you know, um, and had a seizure and, um, and they had to break the door down to get in to see me. And of course I'm sitting there and I have my trousers down. Um, so, um, that was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> um, in hindsight, you know, in hindsight. It's a serious concerning, but like, why did you have to be in the bathroom? <laughs> you know, so that was kind of, kind of serious, but kind of funny. Um, here's the other one. Um, the one that probably will get used at my wedding, I suspect, is um, I was um, traveling up to um, Wembley Football Stadium, or so- mm. sorry, soccer stadium um, uh, yes. in London uh, to watch a football match, uh, or soccer, sorry, soccer match. Um, it's actually football, but I, yeah, um, yeah, we call it football. Um, um, but anyway, I, I was with friends, but I had my iPod on, so yeah. I'm just listening to music, whatever. I think it was Coldplay I was listening to. I don't know how I remember that, but anyway, it was. Um, and I and it was quite busy, so I was leaning up against like you know the poles that they have in the tubes to like, you know when you're yeah. when it's standing room only, and um, there's loads like football like like supporter kind of people get all pumped up and everything like that and I can't hear anything because so I'm talking louder than normal so but I'm not holding on to anything so the train stops suddenly and so I fall backwards on my back like and literally the crowd parts like the Red Sea and I just fall in the middle of it and onto the straight onto the on flat onto the floor of the tube um and um yeah, and then I kind of, yeah. Oh no! And, but the music keeps playing, right? My iPod doesn't stop. It doesn't fall out of my pocket or anything. But that's not even the worst thing. I got up, 
And I said, oh and I said, I made this stupid comment. I said, lucky I'm not drunk, eh? Like in front of everybody, really loud, so everyone could hear me. And um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever live that down. Um, oh God! <laughs> so that, that was that's like wow, that was like 2006, I think. Oh, ten years now. Yeah, that's a long time ago. But there, yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. Um, so there you go, that's oh, a couple of... They scar their ways into your memory forever. You will not forget. I know, it's funny in hindsight. It's funny in hindsight. It wasn't at the time, but it was funny in hindsight. Yeah, always, always like a day or a week or ten years later, it's, yeah. it's, it's better. Yeah. Oh. Most embarrassing moment, crikey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't really got an embarrassing moment as a writer or a podcaster yet. I haven't really made a gaffe like that yet. Not yet. Oh, that's... I haven't called anyone famous by last... the wrong name or... Famous last words, eh? Um, yeah. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> now it's, it's coming for you, James. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Alrighty. So, I feel like it's appropriate to, um, to ask on this episode, what is your spirit animal? oh man i've never really thought about it but i know that right okay now we're gonna i'm finally gonna explain this for people Um, because we three have a spirit animal um (laughs) well oh like you know it's like a three person yeah without one of us yeah wait that's not exactly now you'll notice that the two episodes i've had with these with these um, amazing women are, um, have been called Wolfie episodes one and two um, and the reason for that is that our spirit animal is our three our, like our three spirit animal is the wolf we are I don't know how this I don't even know how it happened I, I, don't, I have no idea I think we were talking once and I found this this like YouTube clip of wolves howling or something or we were tweeting or something people just send us random videos of wolves howling and like memes gifs, and memes and gifs and yeah I think it was because was it because we like to like stay, we stay up, up really really late, really late yeah. and like we like the moon or something yeah, yeah. so, so those that. two things combined definitely makes our our combined spirit animal uh, yeah animal. I remember a tweet by Taylor saying OMG our spirit animal is what is the wolf kind of thing I'd love getting <laughs> exclamation marks on the end I remember that that tweet yeah. um, <laughs> I remember that tweet very that much the inception of of that. Yeah, that's right. But my spirit animal, um, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know what animal comes to mind when I think of myself. I. I tell you what, I love dolphins. Dolphins are awesome. I love dolphins <laughs> because dolphins are like they're intelligent, but they love. They're just swimming out in the open sea and they're just having fun, and they're joyful, but they're also really intelligent. And mm-hmm. like, and they're better than all like the evil fish that kill everyone, and they can yeah. defend themselves against anybody. Uh-huh. And you like nice animals. And they have commun- they communicate with each other, and all that in the blue sea, and they jump, and they they just have a laugh all the time. So I love I love that. So I love dolphins. I don't know if that's uh-huh. I don't know if that's my spirit I animal, but I love dolphins. I think that's actually spot on, and I feel like dolphins make people happy, and I feel like you. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't like dolphins? You know yeah, exactly. Mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Doesn't like James, <laughs> right? So I'm the dolphin that can become a wolf when I see you. Like, yeah. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Or you could be dolphins and we could like, and like we could turn into wolves by night or something. You know, like we're all dolphins oh. that communicate with each other, and then like when the when the when the moon comes out, full moon, we we become wolves <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so there you go, like dolphin, dolphin wolves, yeah, something like that. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Um, what piece of advice would you give? Um, to somebody trying to find their calling. I would start... Four callings. Okay, yeah, because I... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, first... Yeah, oh, Christ, this could take ages. Um, all right, I'm actually literally writing a book about this right now. Um, um, so, <laughs> so this is actually... There you go. I think kind of the so, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the synopsis of the book, yeah. So I, th- I think it starts with, okay, this is going to be a long answer. So um, this it all starts with the fact that you're enough first. Like, just know that you're enough as you are, that your calling doesn't define who you are. Your calling doesn't define, isn't your security. Your calling isn't your, isn't your whole identity. It's not, it doesn't define your value as a person. Um, yeah. So just accept the fact that you're enough as you are, like that's like just as you are, um, with including all your like imperfections and everything. Start there. Um, then I think you need to listen to what's you need to listen to what's inside of you. You need to. Um, I think you need to. What What do you care about? What 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 gets you up in the morning? What motivates you what gets you Uh excited what gets you passionate what do you love doing what do you love talking about what do you care about what do you what is it you could what is it that when you do it that the time passes and you don't notice it um what is it that you could do that if what was it you would do without and getting paid for it um um yeah i think and i think i mean I don't know if this, I think one thing, I mean, think for creative people, and this is slightly different, although I think it's the same in one, in some ways, because writing is like life. As a writer, what I do when I'm struggling for ideas is I just, I sit down and I free write, I just write without thinking, without editing, and see what comes out. I do it over a number of days, and then patterns seem to emerge. So I would actually say, try doing that, just write stuff down that you, when you think, just just sit with like a pen and just think of, Things you care about, what you care about, what what you're passionate about, what what matters to you, what instinctively comes to your mind. Don't even look at what you're. Don't even think about or what you're writing. Just write. Don't even look at. Even don't even look at what you're writing. Just and then see what happens. Or do like a drawing or something of it. Or so express it creatively, and then you might you might start to see some patterns emerging. And try things like cause sometimes. You might think something's your calling, and you try it, and actually it's not, and that's okay, you know. Yeah. Or it might be just for a season, like you know, you might like, oh, I might want to be getting into music for a season and write some music, and then that's like over, and I'll just write books or something, you know, like, or I'll do something else, you know, um, like some some for some are for a season, some are for a lifetime. But yeah, I think. Just don't, and don't be afraid to risk. Don't be afraid to jump. And I think actually, if your if your security is in that I am enough as I am, then you're not afraid. Like, like 
you know, Brené Brown talks about that a lot. Uh, you know, just yeah. you're, you're enough. It doesn't matter what you just just keep trying. You know, because the way you create a great life is you have to take risks. And then, but then yeah. if but if you're secure in who you are anyway, it doesn't matter if you fall because so what? It's just a learning experience. I'm still enough. My value didn't depend on what I what I did anyway. Um, so uh-huh. practically, um, think about what you're passionate about. Right. Just do free writing, free thinking, like drawing, whatever. Just get it out. Try things. Take risks. Um, get people around you who will tell you the truth, uh, who love you, um, who you trust and whose opinion you respect, yeah. like a little team. Um, and, yeah, go for it. Um, and, you, and also you're a success just for trying. Success is trying, like it's not the result. Um, the only the only failure is if you don't actually try in the first place. You know, uh, if you don't risk anything, if you don't bother, if you like stay in your comfort zone, then that's a, that's probably failure rather rather than okay. kind of what culture deems as failure. So um, yeah, is that a good answer? Is that a good answer? Sorry, we had technical difficulties there. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> definitely. And um, if you wouldn't mind letting us uh, know, do you know the title of your book and when it's coming out? Well, okay, the book I'm writing at the moment, um, I think it's going to be... Well, okay, let's talk about... I've got, I've got two books. I've got my, my first book is coming out probably l- late 2016, possibly early mm-hmm. 2017, and that's called Mosaic of Grace. The book I'm writing is called, probably going to be called, well, yeah. I could just be do a Rob Bell and not tell you and be funny, but it's, it's yeah, it's Penrose of Identity is probably what it's going to be called. Something like that. Oh, sweet. Maybe. Looking for excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's what it'll be called. All right, know. so kind of on the on that note, um, what would you say uh, lately gets you up in the morning? Oh, huh. um, well, I'm at a season in my life where a lot of things are changing. Um, by the way, I like the interview. Yeah. I like the question, I like the line of questioning, by the way. Um, <laughs> very good. Um, but no, yeah, I'm at a season in my life where things are changing a lot. I'm, I'm leaving my current job where I've been for 13 years. I'm getting a nice power, which will mean that I'm able to support myself for a while. But I'm applying for other jobs. I'm thinking about what I'm meant to be doing next. I'm thinking of trying different things. Um, And I'm seeing a spiritual director for the first time. Dealing with a lot of stuff from my past, which has been really good. I'm growing in that. Um... I'm trying to find some healthier rhythms in my life. So, um, yeah, what was the question? Sorry, i just trying to answer the question properly. What was the question again? I can literally, there you go, there's my mistake. Yeah, what's been getting you up in the morning? Like? Oh, what's getting you up in the morning? Um, I think what's getting me up in the morning. What are you excited about? I think I'm excited about my book coming out. I'm really excited about that, my first book. Um, uh-huh. I'm excited about the possibilities that this 
this time is 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 opening up for me about what that might be, and yeah. not not knowing, and that's scary and like anxiety stuff some days, but other days it's really exciting because it's a really poss- good possibility, yeah. and I don't know what's going to happen, and it means I might be able to come to America to visit you. Um, yes, um, that's what's getting in the morning <laughs> yeah you're getting me up in the morning yeah um no uh, um just yeah and just uh trying to create a new life for myself you know trying to go into like the next season of my life you know and um i'm excited yeah. about what that, what that leads yeah so that's kind of getting me up in the morning at the moment and um and I still have a job, so I still have to go to work in the morning. So my alarm clock gets me up in the morning as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, good question. Oh, I'm liking this. Um, you've got to do this. We've got to do this more often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're laughing because they've got All questions right, so to ask what me. What is the. Sorry, it cut out for a second. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And who is it from? Or if you don't want to tell us who it's from, you don't have to. Um, you know, the best pieces of advice I've been get, I've, I think I've had are... Oh, i tell you what, actually. Here's a really... I don't know if it's the... I think it was... I think, I think it's difficult to say best, but... One of the biggest things that anyone's ever said to me was, and it was my best friend, and I won't say his name, but it was my best friend, um, and he told me to stop reviewing books and start writing them. Ah, wow. Um, and that was about four years ago, I think, three or four years ago. Actually, <laughs> it was at the same party that I had that, the same when I had that embarrassing moment in the toilet. It was the same day. It was in the same oh, wow. house. It was at that place. It was at it was at that party. Where, and he gave me that advice. He gave me that advice earlier in that day. Um, but yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that was the best bit of advice I ever had. Stop, stop reviewing books. Start writing them. You know. And he was so right. You know. <laughs> Instead of commenting on other people's work, start creating your own stuff. You know, because it's much better to create your own stuff than constantly be criticizing yeah. everybody else's. And not not bringing anything new into the world. So, um, yeah, stop. Definitely. Yeah, get on and find your own voice and do your own stuff. So that's that's the best bit of advice yeah. I've ever had. I would say, and it's still with me. It still sticks with me yeah. now. So I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are curious, uh, since you dabble in a lot of different creative areas, how do you overcome your creative blocks or your writing um, block? Well, um, I think that the bit, the thing I always say to other people, and my experience has been, when you get creative block or writing block, well, okay, I'll use writing block because that's my experience. But uh-huh. writing block, I um, sit down and open my laptop, open a new document or whatever, and I just wait and start typing and the free writing thing i just type what's ever inside of me and i don't i don't even look at the screen i don't edit and um, i just type and the thing is and this is a really this will sound really weird i don't 
but when I'm typing, my brain is so in tune with where all the letters are on the keyboard that I don't even yeah. look at the keyboard. I'm just looking like above the keyboard and just typing, and it's get and the words are going from my brain onto the into the computer, like through my hands. It's like it, it it's like a weird thing because my brain is so in tune with the keys on the laptop that it just like a trance. Yeah, so I, sometimes it's like it's almost transcending my conscious self and just going from my head into the, and then and you keep doing that and eventually ideas start to come out and you yeah. start to get excited and you do that over a few days, and I have a private blog and sometimes I do it on my private blog, and um, like example like I, a few years ago I took a I took a three month sabbatical from public writing, because not not for lack of creativity but just because. Um, I, well, I'd lost my voice, but also I was losing integrity and everything. And I just thought I need a break from all this. So and I thought I'll just write every day on my private blog and see what happens. And um, I did that. And that was the most creative period of my life. It was yeah. just, that's where, that's where the idea for this book came from that I'm writing. This, this identity book, it, you know, it's, wow. that's, it was like, it's just stuff that I was free writing. And it was just so... Yeah, creatively, creatively liberating. It was yeah. So I, I would say to people, just whatever your art, what particular art is, whether it's if it's music, go and start jamming. Like you two when they made Acting Baby, I recommend watching um, from the sky down. It's it's the making of Acting Baby, and it's all oh. it's got loads of behind the scenes footage and you two telling the story in hindsight, and like it was like after the Joshua Tree and whatever, and then they'd had rattle on how much had been a failure. And they had to go away and they just yeah. like and just started jamming and they just and they got these like tapes which are like twenty minutes, thirty minutes long of them just jamming. And then you then like you hear little bits, little like chords or melodies in this whole long bit of music, which end up becoming the root of like two or three songs on the album. Because they just kept on jamming until stuff came out. They just didn't... They could have just given up. You know, uh, and just made something yeah. that everyone wanted. Like, just satisfied their audience. Made Joshua Tree 2. You know, go back and do the formula they already knew. But they wanted to be authentic. And they so they just jammed yeah. and jammed and jammed until this stuff came out. So if you're a musician, do that. If you're an artist, just draw something. You know, just draw and draw and draw and just see what comes out. You know... Like, draw with your eyes closed. I did that once. <laughs> An art teacher I know asked me to do this, like, as a thing for her class. She was practising on me before she did her class. And um, I closed my eyes, and I had this pen pencil, and I just drew whatever came out. Wow. Like, and it was just, like, it unlocked something in me creatively. Like, even as a writer, it was just, yeah. So do that, and just see what comes out and make it. And even if no one ever sees it or only a yeah. few people see it, just, it might, become, it might become something else eventually. It might be the lead to something else, it, you know, but yeah. yeah, that's how you overcome that. I think that's how I, that's how I've done it in my experience. So, um, that's when my you, advice. When you took that sabbatical from writing publicly, did you ever worry that, you would lose the ground that you had like built from um, your blogging beforehand. 
because um, I know that's a concern that a lot of people have is like well I've already started the train moving why would I stop it isn't that going to be dangerous yeah. for the following that I have well yeah at the time my following wasn't as big um, and it's not that big now but it wasn't as big as it is now and um, but I thought you know what if I keep on this track I'm going to lose my integrity my writing's going to be rubbish it's not going to be it's not going to be me. It's not going to be. It's going to be me trying to impress everybody. It's going to be fake. It's going to be. I'm going to lose my soul. And I don't want to be that kind of guy. Uh-huh. Um. So. Yeah, I. So I just thought I don't have a choice. You know, I don't have a choice. I've got to. So do it's this. kind of necessary in order to move forward authentically. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, right now, I, I would like. I mean, I've done it since then, but I do think it is it is tough to to lay it down if you've got a platform. But I think you have to um, you have to be willing to do that because it's more important to be authentic and to be true to your creative spirit than it is to you know sell loads of records or sell loads of books or whatever and. I, I did what I did is when I took a break I I posted something saying I'm taking a break and this is why um, yeah you know and for, and you know the second time I did it I had more actually what I what happened is the first time I took a break I had a, I had about a hundred and something subscribers or something like that to my blog um, and that didn't go down um, but then I came back and I was I had much more of my voice, I knew what I wanted to say, I knew what I cared about, yeah. and I started writing that, and then I wrote an ebook on that, and my numbers just went up, like dramatically, you know, um, wow. because, and I'm convinced it's because I had that break, and I'm not saying that you should take a break to get numbers up, I, just, I would never say that, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, you need to, stay in tune with your voice you need to stay in tune with what's going on inside of you what you want to create and if that means you need to get some time away then you have to do that because it's more important to to be to do that and to be true to your voice and to be to be authentic than it is to just do what is familiar and do what will sell well and do what you know and to but lose something in the process Mm. You know, so, um, yeah, um, I'm curious, uh, who inspires you and who do you like to follow on like the internet or social media? And they might be two different. Those might be two separate oh, people because not everybody who inspires you is on the internet or even has social media accounts. I'm going to sound really boring when I say this. Um, Rob Bell really inspires me. Um, I love his perspective on spirituality and creativity. I love how he sees the world and how he interacts with the world. Um, yeah. And I think he's doing a really good thing for the Christian faith and um, for, yeah, and I think he's like really just way ahead of his time in many ways um 
and he's a lovely guy. I've met him. I'm lucky enough to have met him, and oh. he's he's just a lovely guy and always remembers people and is really kind. He's not like fake. He's not like one person on his podcast or on his books and another person when you meet him. Um, he is um, the same person. Um, yeah. And he genuinely cares about people. And um, yeah, and I know that. I know he does a lot of good things, which he doesn't talk like to talk about publicly. Like I know that one podcast he was asked about that and um, he just didn't want to talk about it. He got embarrassed. Um, so him and people who are not online as much. I think Richard Raw. Yes. And Alexander Shire. Like I've actually got got to know Alexander Shire quite well because he's been on the podcast yep. quite a lot. And we're doing another interview soon as well for for a Christmas episode nice. we're doing. Um, Very. Um, so and he's like I'm like his guy in England now like so when he comes yeah. to England he wants to like do stuff with me and stuff so because um, he's wanting to get like build a following in England so um, so he's been a lovely guy to get to know and just mind blowing stuff I can't keep up with some of his stuff like it takes me a yeah. while to get around in my head but he's not online much yeah. but he's just yeah he always inspires me outside of Outside of like people I've had on my podcast or people who are like in the I suppose in the creative or Christian self help kind of realm, I think Christopher Nolan is a guy that always inspires me because ah. because he's so authentic and he covers in his films he covers so many interesting ideas about reality and even theology and spirituality and things and gets you thinking but he's not afraid to take risks and he's still always trying to improve and hone his craft and become better um he doesn't settle and yeah he's not succumbed to he's not let success change him you know He's still doing the same things he was doing, just yeah. on a bigger scale. So creatively, he definitely inspires me as well. Yeah, I'd love to have him on my podcast. Very cool. So um, yeah. So on the topic, I guess of of spirituality and stuff like that. Um, who who is God to you? Oh man. <laughs> Wow, how long have you got? So, you listened to the recent Robcast of you with Pete Rollins talking about God. Yeah, listen to the first two. Well, yeah, because, okay, so I just, just for people who haven't heard them, in the first one in particular, he says, like, our concept of God is not God. You know, that, and if we make our concept of God into God, then we're making an idol out of God, you know, um, which is quite a yeah. complex idea, but it's it makes sense. So, I know that my concept of God is limited and is only a concept of God. Um, yeah. But I know, I know that I will never know God completely. Um, weird thing is I was thinking about this today. It's funny, isn't it? Um, but um, what I understand God to be, who I understand God to be is um, love, Compassion, grace, mercy, um, inclusion, justice, um, 
um, and and in all things as well he's like there in the dark moments and he's there in the joyful moments and he's there wherever you look for him whenever you look for him you'll be there um, I, and it's somehow a person but a, bigger than that it's just I know my. I think, for me, God is bigger than I can understand, bigger than I can ever comprehend or understand or know or think about or theorize about, yeah. or and or com- or get or get my head around. Or if I can get my head around God, then it's definitely not God, you know. Um, and it, whatever I think about God is only going to be a concept or a few ideas, you know. No matter how big it is. Um, but I would say God is bigger than time. He's bigger than, and bigger than anything we can imagine or comprehend or conceive of, and He's not limited to anything. And and I think there are things that if we saw them, how God sees them, that we wouldn't understand, because yeah. God sees things differently from a whole different perspective than us, and we think, how can you? How can you think that? How can God be like that? I think God is is more than than we think He is, and more than and the way He sees things will be very different. And you know, people always talk about, "Oh, we'll be surprised who's in heaven." I think that's very true. Uh, I think I'm genuinely shocked, um, and I think um, we'll be surprised at who God is as well, and. Yeah, I mean, science is actually saying that there's this... Scientists are starting to argue for an external consciousness that created the universe, you know. And I wow. think... And um, I think they're saying the odds of human life appearing on Earth are becoming so small that the concept of an intelligent creator is becoming bigger. Um, this is scientists, you know, saying this stuff. Um but again, we don't want to limit God to just that. I think God is bigger than that as well. So, you know, I think things that have been attributed to the supernatural are actually probably how just how God created the world, and we don't understand them yet. You yeah. Know, like electricity, like people would have used to have thought it was magic, but it's just electricity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I think like how our human bodies heal themselves and everything, that there's stuff in that which we haven't understood, and... That we could use stuff about science and there's loads of stuff and the thing is people will kind of use it to say oh god doesn't exist but the more we discover about science i think the bigger the bigger god will get get to me yeah, yeah. because god has become bigger than more i've learned about science because i no. because that's like oh this is god has actually designed every little bit of the universe to work like this, you know and he's like like every minor detail he's like not missed anything and we've just we're just scratching the surface. So if that sounds a bit jumbled, that's because I think that's a good thing because I don't fully <laughs> understand God at all. But I just think it's safe to say that whatever you think about God, God is bigger than that. Yeah. But sure. I do know that he's about love and compassion and inclusion and grace and justice and um, forgiveness and... Um, yeah, that you're, and that that his, the thing that he would want people to know is that you're enough. Uh-huh. 
that that's it you know you're enough so so why Jesus why Jesus yeah like why do you follow Jesus why Christianity why the Bible and what is the Bible to you and who is Jesus to you well why Jesus well this is really good um Jesus, Jesus is, I believe Jesus is true. Mm. I believe that Jesus, I believe, I, I'm going to say what I believe what happened, what is talked about in the Bible happened. Mm-hmm. I believe there's evidence for that. I believe, you know, this is just on a purely historical point of view, but I think when you read the words of Jesus what he said, what he taught, the values that he talked about, you know, compassion and forgiveness and grace and serving the poor and, like, um, social justice and, and, like, not conforming to the establishment, not actually conforming to the to religion even, like, uh, like a social justice, compassion, compassion movement of people non-violence you know that makes sense to me you know and whatever you whatever other people believe about who he was Mm -hmm. just by his life what he did and what he stood for and how he lived and how he was was with people that makes sense about how why about how to be human that that the best the best way to be human you know and I've, yeah, why, I've why I believe Jesus is real for me is that I I pray. I talk to Jesus. I find it easy to talk to Jesus and talk to God, for lots of reasons. <laughs> some some of them are difficult reasons. Um, but yeah, I've always been able to talk to Jesus as a person and understand that him as a person like. On a human level, like yeah, that he was a human, and yeah, exactly. And I always, I think we sometimes I think we make Jesus. I don't want to say bigger than he actually is because he's massive, but I think we kind of we lose the humanity of who Jesus was. That he was a man. That he would yeah. have had the same desires, temptations, stuff that we have. Like he would have. Culturally, he would have been expected to get married. You know, culturally, he would have... You know, and he might have had sexual desires, you know. And he would have... Uh-huh. You know, he would have had the same temptations of ego and, um, you know, that kind of thing. He would have had all of that. And it's not really... I mean, we don't really read much about that, but there's... He would have gone, have had to yeah. deal with all of that stuff as well. I mean, like, imagine... Like, knowing that you're, like, the son of God, you know. And the, the ego temptation for that is just huge, you know. And and also, that's the, we forget as well. And this is some of this I learned from uh, Richard, um, not Richard Raw, um, Alexander Shire, that Jesus was an illegitimate child and um, a social outcast from birth. And his family was a social outcast from birth. 
and he would probably have been looked down on by his own brothers as like an outsider. And he had to yeah. grow up with that. He was like an out, like the ultimate outsider, like as well. And I resonate mm-hmm. with that because I've always felt like an outsider. And that kind of makes me feel better because it makes me feel like I'm not alone. And that even God yeah. understands the, about the outsider. Um, you know, and I, I, I happen to believe with what C.S. Lewis said that that you can't that that you can't just that it's impossible to see Jesus just as a great moral teacher. That he's either that he's either the son of God or he's like the worst devil in hell, because you can't say the things that he did and do the things that he did without without being the son of God. You know, um, um, you know, because I. A great moral teacher doesn't do Jesus justice, you know, in a sense. Um, oh. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't know. Other people disagree with me, obviously, but I read when I read that from C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis. Um, he's another one yeah. I'd love to have interviewed. Um, um, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, the whole kind of Jesus was, either, Jesus was either lying or insane or telling the truth. And a liar doesn't doesn't say what he said, and an insane person yeah. doesn't say what he said. So, the only argument anyone left is that he was telling the truth, you know. And as ridiculous as it, as it sounds, you know, uh, and it does sound ridiculous, you know. Um, so Jesus is like, um, and the Bible, the Bible, the Bible for me is the beginning of the conversation, not the end of the conversation. Oh. So many Christians like treat it like the end of the conversation. So it's like their whole their whole argument is it yeah. says in the Bible that, and it's like that's your whole argument. Like that it's just because it says in the Bible. That's like saying because it says in the dictionary that it means this or something. Like like you're going to a book, but not because you actually believe it, because you're just trying to find evidence that supports your argument. So that's like going to a reference yeah. to support your argument rather than actually presenting a convincing argument because you believe it. Um, like the whole marriage thing in the Bible, like biblical view of marriage, in inverted commas. Yeah. Right, okay, so that means that... Okay, so David had like six wives. Um, yeah. Like Solomon had like 300 wives and 700 uh-huh. concubines. This is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Um, yeah. Like... Abraham had like, yeah, and if and in also in those times, if a sister, it was like culturally accepted that if your brother's wife, if your no, if your brother died, then you would take his wives as your wife. So like, oh, this yeah. bi- historical biblical view of marriage, no, that's not like that's not right. Even in the New Testament, wives weren't like it wasn't all like, oh, like oh, like let's all meet and fall in love and get married. It was like a cultural yeah. thing. Like, women got married for for, for security, for protection, you know, um, all that kind of thing. Of like Mary and Joseph. Like... Mary and Joseph is a great example of that, you know. Mary got married to Joseph because Joseph was a carpenter and she he was going to provide for her. That was it. It wasn't some big romantic, like, you know, Hollywood story. Um and churches only started marrying couples a few hundred years ago. So this whole biblical view of marriage thing is, um, I think we need to, you know, I'm not saying that I, marriage isn't good. I believe in marriage. I believe in oneness. I believe in um, the, um, 
covenant of marriage before God and all that. But um, I'm not going to get into. I don't want to get into this like whole biblical view of marriage thing because it's not. I don't think that's actually biblical in a sense. <laughs> you know, like yeah. and they they always use the Adam Adam and Eve thing. Well, they didn't get married. They didn't have a ceremony. <laughs> they didn't go to church. There was no one to officiate. It's a metaphor as well. It's not even a true story. Um, um, so, you know, it's like, so just give me a better argument, you know. So when, so when I talk about marriage to people now, it's more yeah. about oneness and a covenant before God and commitment and devotion and tenderness and all that kind of thing and monogamy. It's not about, oh, oh the Bible says it, therefore you should do it. It's like, what is the best way for us to do life together in relationships like how would god like what, what fits with the values of god what fits with what jesus talks about you know um like so that's just one example of like how people misuse the bible um i think the bible is we still haven't again we've only scratched the surface yeah like, the stuff i've done with like alexander shire it's just my head is being totally blown by it and stuff Pete Rollins is saying about the Bible and God is like blowing my mind and you know and it's making God bigger and it's making the Bible bigger and it's just there's so much more yeah. in there once you scratch below the surface and then when you start to see it at the beginning of the conversation when you start to see it as 66 different books written at different times for different people different audiences for different reasons suddenly it becomes a whole different book and it's well, it's not even one book. Bible means library. The word Bible means library. So, um, yeah. Um, and it only was put together in one book when the printing press was invented. So, um, there you go. So, um, that's my view on the Bible. I love it. I love the Bible. Um, I think it's awesome. I, th yeah. I think we need to understand it better and use it better. And then we'll get more out of it. And then we'll know God better as well. So, what was the other part yeah. of the question? Yeah. Or was that the question? I can't remember. You said Jesus and the Bible, was that? Uh, I think that answered the questions that I Okay, cool. So what's the next question then? Yeah. Um, so... Sorry? Can you ask that again? Um, how do you like... How would you like to be remembered, and what would you like to be remembered for? How would I like to be remembered, and what would I like to be remembered for? I, how would I like to be remembered? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I'm really weird. I sometimes think about what my funeral would be like, and what songs I'd like <laughs> at my funeral. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be remembered as a person who used the gifts they had to try and just have a positive influence on the world, to make a difference to people's lives, to have a positive impact on people that I that knew that I knew and that and to yeah, that I used what I was given to help other people. Uh -huh. And that I was true to who who I was made to be. Um that's that's what I'd like to be remembered for, that I was that kind of person. But how would I like to be remembered? Oh. I, I, I'm not sure how to answer that. I mean, you're not talking about like a monument, are you? Like, 
I'll put this that statue up in memory, like you know. Um, but um, you know, I know that my books probably won't get read in a hundred years' time. That you know, um, but I'd like to be I'd like to be remembered as somebody who loved the people that were close to him and was good to like made made a difference to people's lives and was a loving, compassionate, forgiving, gracious person um, who did his best, I suppose, to follow God and to be true to his gifts and true to his calling and true to his identity. Um, and he wasn't an asshole. Most of the time. <laughs> that was a great way to end that. That really was. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's really nice. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely, well, <laughs> even all that, you're definitely on the right the right path. Um, that was just great. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine anyone being like, yeah, that James guy, what an asshole. <laughs> And if they are, if they say that, I'll show them. Uh, I'll show them what it means to be an asshole. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, that was... Oh, man. Well, this is... Come. Oh, gosh. Well, this has, been, this has been a lot of fun, and I hope that you have enjoyed being interviewed. Uh, thank got... you for asking us yeah, to be the ones to interview you. We, we love doing these things with you and just catching up and being your friend and being a part of your community because um, I know you, you like to foster that and um, mm. have been a huge encouragement to us in our lives and in our creative pursuits. It's, it's meant a lot to know, no matter what we put out there, that James is going to read it and listen to it and give us some thoughtful comment about what we've done and um, and express appreciation from everyone out there who I know receives that from you because um, I know it takes a lot of effort and I don't I can't say I put that effort forth in, in the same way so um, it definitely it definitely makes a difference not even just in like a small way it, it makes a difference in a big way um for us personally, and I know other people as well. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful to be your friend, and uh, mm -hmm. grateful to have met you over Twitter on a random day mm -hmm. while I was in Laguna Beach. That was a random <laughs> and, thing, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dolphins were swimming out there that day, probably. Yeah, I was there. No, that was funny. I'll just tell you that story. I don't know if I told you before. I um, you, Chloe, was at a a Rob Bell conference in um, Laguna yeah. Beach and I always keep following it on Twitter because there were so many good quotes and so many good people there and I just there was a hashtag and I started tweeting on the hashtag and a few people started following me back and like Alison Pierce he's a friend of mine um, like he lives in Texas so I've been I've been like becoming really close close friends with her and I was tweeting her and this guy called Steve as well and um, yep and then, oh, well, and then, yeah. I, then I connected with you through them, like, and, um, 
And I think at the end you thought I was at the conference because I was tweeting so much. I um, but I was in England, I was like here in London, you know, like, um, which is so funny. Like, where is this date guy? I wonder if I, like, we should go to dinner. Um, and then it just went from there, you know, so, um, and Chasing Lovely were the first guests on James Talks. Um, so it's absolutely yeah. appropriate that you interview me um, for this. Um, and thank you for that, those kind words. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Of course. Um, so I guess just to close out this episode and um, with the question, um, what is your hope for the world? Well, if I was a, if I was a cynic, <laughs> I'm not a cynic. Um, a small, the small answer is that Donald Trump doesn't win the presidential election. But the, the bigger, the big answer. The, no, that's the small answer. The big, the big answer. The real answer. The proper answer. The proper answer. The answer that I would. The answer that I actually I wanted to give. The real answer. Um, is um, <laughs> is that actually I know this is it's going to sound really idealistic, but I don't care. Um, I want to see a world that is grace orientated, that a culture of grace where we begin with, where everyone begins with, we are enough as we are, no matter what our race or gender or sexual preference or. Anything like that, anything that we use to divide us, that none of that matters. We are all enough as we are, you know, um, whatever we've achieved, whatever we haven't achieved, or whatever, our, how much money or status or whatever we have, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. We're all enough as we are. And we all belong. And we're all unconditionally loved and accepted as we are. And build culture around that. And that's what I want to do. That's why I'm right. That's why I wrote a book on grace. That's why a lot of my work's going to be about grace, and I'm talking about grace a lot because I want to see a world that's built around grace, and um, and I want to see that reflected everywhere because I think if we can start to do that and teach our children that and bring our children up in that context, then you will see change in culture and change in the world. You know. Um, so that's what I really believe, yeah. Grace. Wow, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. All right. So, you're going to close out the way I close well, out? <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for allowing us to host. <laughs> I'm not going to even listening to Day Talks. <laughs> And we will see you next time. Or hear you. I guess we never see you. I'm not. <laughs> I need to do my studying on your closing a little more. <laughs> Talk soon is what I, I say. I think you need to close this podcast. I, I think you need to close it. Me? All right. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening to me ramble on with all my stuff for the last hour or so. Um, and uh, I also want to tell you that these guys will be coming back for another interview, me interviewing them very soon. <laughs> Us interviewing ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. take care, everyone, and um, talk soon. <laughs>